I saw miles and miles of Texas All the stars up in the sky I saw miles and miles of Texas Gonna live here till I die Welcome to Hour 1 of Sports Saturday, the 15th Club, with hosts Ed Clements and Scotty Sayers. Ed and Scotty will bring you up to the minute news from the world of golf. They're taking calls at 512-836-0590 or toll-free at 877-590-KLBJ. It is time to tee it high and let it fly. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm Ed Clements along with Scotty Sayers, and welcome to the 15th Club on KLBJ Radio, a special 4th of July weekend edition. Our show proudly brought to you by Texas Mutual Insurance, ABC Bank, Maudie's Tex-Mex, the Naughty Deck and Bar at the Austin Renaissance Hotel, Salt Lake Barbecue, the Muni Conservancy, Zilker Belts, and Donald Ross Sportswear. Scotty, good afternoon. This is a special edition, 4th of July. we got a very special guest coming up in just a little bit. Uh, Billy Claggett, the man who at one time dominated uh, the Firecracker Open. And, yes, it is major weekend in Austin because one of the big golf tournaments is underway. It is uh, the Firecracker. Uh, will be underway tomorrow. We're recording the show a bit earlier. Billy will come on to talk about the Firecracker, what it means to him. Also, a special dinner uh, uh, the Firecracker's having this year, a champion's dinner the first year ever. Scotty, good afternoon. How are you doing? I'm doing good, Ed. I mean, 4th of July weekend, we've got Willie's Picnic, uh-huh. as they still call it, even though it's out at F1 these days with a sleep at the wheel and a lot of other great guests and fireworks uh, down on the uh, Coliseum. Well, there's no Coliseum there anymore. Auditorium there? Shores. Auditorium I think Shores. That's what they call it, yeah, right? the grounds there on uh, Tuesday night. So we're leading off into a big week. And yeah, you mentioned the firecracker. It's the 77th firecracker. We'll talk about that more. But uh, people are welcome to come out and watch. And especially, uh, it's Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. And on Monday afternoon, late, when the leaders come in, that's a fun time to watch him play 16, 17, and 18, and the pressure's there. It really is, and I know I want to talk about Billy about uh, playing number 18 under pressure, but, man, we've seen some great, great things. I remember watching our friend Michael Cooper out there win on number 18. It just, it's just a fun, fun setting for a fun, fun setting for golf at Lions Municipal. It will be hot, but I'm sure they will have the margaritas flowing Monday afternoon as uh, the final group comes in. How hot do you think it is up in Detroit for the players playing in the PGA it's event It's hot this in week? Detroit, and the smoke in Detroit, too. That's been the problem. That Canadian fires really, really been a trouble up there. So I know that's going to plague those guys uh, playing up in Detroit at the Rocket Mortgage up there. Let's talk about uh, the PGA Tour. It's sort of, to me, it's sort of a lull right now before uh, the British Open at uh, Liverpool at Hoyle Lake. Uh, I think everybody's just getting ready for the British Open. And I think we still continue to talk about what's going on with the darn PGA Tour. Because we see if we saw a framework this week of how it's going to all flange out. But I still have questions. I still got so many questions. I think there's a lot of questions. I think the Justice Department has questions still that are uh, they're doing a little checking to see whether or not live. Uh, and in what form the PGA Tour will be nonprofits. 
and if it violates any um, monopolistic yeah, yeah. antitrust statutes. So we'll, we'll see. Uh, Dustin Johnson seems to think that there's going to be a live tour through 2024. I think the tour may have something to say about that, depending on how this whole thing shakes out. It's still being formed. We still have the mysterious uh, illness from yeah. uh, Jay Monahan. Yeah. Hope he's okay. And uh, so there's a lot of things to be determined. Meanwhile, uh, the players are got about nine more weeks to qualify for the Ryder Cup. Yeah, and that brings up question. I read a story this week. Uh, Sergio Garcia, our friend from Austin, is in, in playing in in Europe, and he's going to play, try and qualify for the British Open. He says, "Hey, with this togetherness of the Live Tour and the PJ, he's got a friend back in Rory McIlroy." And he said, my friendship's back with Rory. And I had understood months ago that Rory was going to be a roadblock to Sergio possibly getting on the Ryder Cup from the European team. And there's still big questions about that. Well, also the fact that that Sergio, uh, he resigned from the DP Tour. So he became instantly ineligible whether – if he had stayed on the DP Tour, I guess they could have decided whether those players were eligible to get picked. But when he resigned, that took him out of the mix. We still don't know what's going on. I assume he would, would be a captain's pick yeah, uh, yeah. for sure uh, as, that, as that played out. Now, the, the U.S. team is interesting because right now, Ed, the top six players are Scotty Scheffler – Wyndham Clark, Brooks Kepka, Xander Schauffele, Patrick Cantlay, and Max Homa. Well, you mentioned Kepka. Kepka's a live tour guy, though. Yeah, but I think if he qualifies, I think even the PGA Tour, even during all this uh, shuffling and trying to figure out how they're uh, going forward, I think Kepka would make it. I think the question was always whether the captain's picks would include the live players. Mm-hmm. And right now, the the next six, and there's six captain's picks this year, which is a little different from the past. There's a lot more. But uh, the next six players in order, 7 through 12, are Keegan Bradley, Jordan Spieth, Cameron Young, Sam Burns, Justin Thomas, and Colin Morikawa. That's a pretty strong team. And Zach Johnson, the Ryder Cup captain, has publicly said, I'd like to have some live players on the team if they qualify or have that ability to have them as captain's pick. So. Yeah, there's not any live players in that mix there in that next six. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know how far back. How, I guess DJ, uh, he's not really in the point standings, but he would certainly, uh, he's oh, not yeah. anywhere near, but he would certainly be a good <laughs> captain's pick. What about the Euro team? That's interesting to me because uh, Luke Donald is a European captain, and we still have the questions about Sergio and Westwood and some of the other guys. Well, they're, they've got a pretty good team, let's say one through eight. Uh, got a John Rahm, Rory McIlroy, Victor Perez, Tommy Fleetwood, Shane Lowry. Uh, then you, it's a good team. Yeah, yeah, it's a good team. You get in, And then you get into the uh, Terrell Hattons and the uh, Robert McIntyres and the uh, Alex Norens. I mean, some of those others – will have a good chance. Matt Fitzpatrick, you know he's going to be oh, a yeah. captain's pick, He'll so he's, he's going to be on the team. So they've got a good pick. They've got the home field advantage. 
and so they've got uh, they've got some good um, good things to look forward to, I think, in Rome. Yeah, uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how this all flanges out. A little Longhorn news: uh, Scott McConnell, the uh, sports information director of golf at UT, uh, sent me some information this week. Uh, graduate Brian Stark, who's coming back next year. And our friend uh, Tommy Morrison each recorded impressive showings already this summer. Stark placed in a tie for fourth at the 61st Northeast Amateur Invitational. And uh, Tommy Morrison got to the round of 16 at the very prestigious British Amateur Championship. So very, very good news for both those guys. I follow both those guys on Instagram. And uh, Tommy had some wonderful pictures over there in England and played well to get in to get into the uh, round of 16, and he barely got beat, got beat in extra holes, or he'd go to the the grade eight. But uh, wonderful for Tommy, who was competing at Hillside and Southport and Ainsdale courses in England. So, And Brian Stark is a guy who's an interesting guy who's coming back. He was an Oklahoma State transfer, had a good year at Texas, kind of uh, not the way he wanted to finish, but he's coming back next year. So, it's Longhorn Golf Team next year. I hate to get ahead of myself, but watch out. It's going to be so good. And there's a, a plethora of golfers out there. How you get the top five weekend and week out, John Fields, is uh, is interesting to me because these guys are really good, Scotty. Plus the transfer from SMU. Yeah. Uh, there will be more news on that soon, I'm sure. But uh, Texas used the portal. Uh, I don't know if he asked to transfer or if we – Kind of saw his name on the list and recruited him. Not sure how that played out, but we'll play, it, it, you, you got to put your name in that transfer portal. It's slightly illegal to go and convince someone to get right. in the portal. But uh, <laughs> wink, wink, nod, <laughs> nod. Ask a bunch of football players about that about recruiting. Yeah. We live at a time, Scotty, of the name, image, likeness, and I quite frankly hate it that money's so involved, even in our sport of golf. Everything, golf, basketball, baseball, football, uh, hey, track and tennis probably too. Synchronized swimming, I hear they're paying the swimmers there. <laughs> when we return to visit with our great friend Billy Claggett to talk about uh, the firecracker uh, that is uh, underway. We're going to talk to Billy about a big dinner they're having Friday night. This is a recorded show, so uh, we got a lot of information for you. So don't go away. This is the 15th Club on KLBJ Radio, brought to you by Texas Mutual Insurance and by ABC Bank. Back with Billy right after this. Straight down the middle. It went straight down the middle. Then it started to hook just a wee, wee bit. This is Billy Claggett. You're listening to the 15th Club with Ed Clements and Scotty Sayers on KLBJ. Welcome back to the 15th Club on KLBJ Radio. A very special weekend. It's 4th of July weekend and a very special show. Our show proudly brought to you by Texas Mutual Insurance, ABC Bank, with assistance from Donald Ross Sportswear, Silker Belts, I'm wearing today, the Munich Conservancy, Salt Lick Barbecue, which I'll probably have on my shirt, Fourth of July, uh, the Naughty Deck and Bar at the Austin Renaissance Hotel. I wish I'd go take a dip with our friend Rob Gillette at his beautiful hotel. And by Maudie's Tex-Mex, I'm going to have some queso sometime on 4th. I've got it all mapped out, Scotty, for the 4th of July. All the basic food groups and everything will be on my shirt. Are you going to go fishing in Lake Austin and eat some fish? No, I'm not going to do that, Kimo Sabi. They, they kind of sometimes glow in the dark. Oh, come on. Uh, with us now on the, the 15th Club is our friend Billy Claggett of Austin. Billy Claggett won the Firecracker six times. 
six times the most of any golfer in the history of this tournament that's in its 77th year going on right now at Lions Municipal Golf Course. Uh, Scotty, you've known Billy a long, long time, and I know you've admired his golf game as I admired his golf game, too. Yeah, I think Billy just dominated the uh, firecracker for so many years, and as such has been deemed Mr. Muni. Mm. And uh, Billy and Alex Ellis uh, came to us at the Muni Conservancy this year and asked about us supporting a champion's dinner. And much like the champion's dinner in Augusta, only champions will be there in the room, wow. except for just a handful of special invited guests. Yeah. You know, the first master's dinner 71 years ago in 1952, uh, Ben Hogan sent out a letter to the 11 previous champions of the Masters. Some of them were multiple winners and uh, sent honorary invitations to club president Bobby Jones and chairman Clifford Roberts. And nine of the 11 Masters club members showed up wow. for, the, for that first dinner. So, um, and it this, goes on to this day, yeah. It goes on to this day and still... It, yeah, Ben Hogan hosted it first and Byron Nelson and now our friend Ben Crenshaw, who's going to be at the Friday night dinner. That's right. And uh, 19 champions have confirmed uh, that will be coming. There's 19 attendees that represent 32 championships wow. of the 76 uh, that have been played uh, of the firecracker since 1946. So, Billy, uh, talk a little bit about your idea for the for the champions dinner, and uh, you've graciously asked Ed Clements and I to be invited, and we will have one female in the room, the first lady of golf in Austin. I like to call her Barbara Pewitt. Yeah. Very good, Scotty. Yeah, you've summed up the uh, dinner, Ed, very well. It's just something that, uh, you know, the firecracker, in case there's a lot of people out there that don't know really what the firecracker is, you're new to Austin, is, but it's been the largest, most popular uh, city tournament uh, for many, many, many years, and uh, it's still one of or the biggest amateur tournaments in the state. Now, I can't say much about nationwide, but it's an open tournament. It's not a private club tournament or invited tournament. It's an open tournament. So everybody can play in this thing. There's no residential requirement or age. And we've had a lot of high school girls play. We've had uh, tons and tons of boys play at an early age. Uh, so it's open. And fortunately, when you do that, you have you have the best field you can get. And uh, like a private club tournament, well, you've got four or five horses in those things, and, and that's it. But uh, with the city tournament, you just don't know who's going to show up. Right, and, right. In case of that, Scott Kelly last year that won, he's our defending champion, he had just experienced a lot of play on the Corn Ferry Tour, and when he came over here, it was like a pitch and putt. So <laughs> now, uh, not taking anything away from Scott, but I think he he'll learn a little bit more about the course and uh, about the field that he defeated last year. And uh, speaking of that, Scott picked our dinner for Friday night, 
uh, this is Saturday. I hope it was good. <laughs> <laughs> Our caterer spooning company did it, and uh, uh, we're thanking uh, Meg Swartz for her uh, graciousness in handling a small group like us. Anyway, uh, this is something that just going to add a little bit more cheese to the sandwich for uh, for for champions. And uh, I know for me, when I won in '88, ugh, man, am I old? Uh, it was it was the first victory, I think, and I'm sure Ben, Tom, and everybody can probably agree with this is the most important because for me anyway it told me that i could win and until you win something in sport of course if you win something with this magnitude it's pretty darn important and uh and the ben and tom you were talking about were ben crenshaw and tom Cotton, yes previous yeah. winners. and i think you can say with all professional golfers and and top-notch amateurs the first victory is is pretty important because it opens the gates and you can ask a lot of kids and a lot of men playing in the tournament that uh, that are great players, good players, and Austin's put out a lot of good players that haven't won yet. So they're going to be out there really hungry this year. And I, I uh, although I do have some opinions on who's going to win. I'm going to get to that in a minute, but I want to ask you about the, the dinner. What's going to happen at the dinner? What happened? What's going to happen at the dinner on Friday night? And what's the what's the format going to be? Well, uh, just champions will will come. Uh, it's it's going to be a reminiscing type thing. We'll have some questions and answers and asking different winners uh, how they felt with their first victory. And uh, I think it's just going to be a real interesting. We'll have some we'll have some older guys. Uh, uh, Rome Pewitt will be there, and uh, Sonny Rhodes. Sonny won in 1958 Wow! as a 21-year-old UT student, and he probably shocked the world when that happened there. <laughs> a lot of good players in the early 50s and late 50s, as you know. So uh, we'll hear from him and Rome Pewitt, and we'll hear from uh, multiple winners. Uh, it's going to be really interesting. It should be fun. You know, Randy Petrie, I mean, he always has great stories, and he's a three-time champion. Mm-hmm. So uh, I want to hear, uh, you know, I'm going to ask Billy here in a minute, but, you know, Billy's won six of these. There's four three-time winners and ten multiple winners, like our friend Ben Crenshaw and Omar Uresti, who will be there as well. Uh, Michael Cooper's not going to be able to make it, and Tom Kite, they've got uh, conflicting events. But, um, Billy, did you ever have one out of those? I know you won six. Did you ever have any others that got away? You know, we talk about the wins, but there had to be a couple of close calls that maybe you could have had number seven. Yeah. You know, I think every golfer out there can say, if only I hadn't, uh, you know, this and that, I would have won the tournament. Why did I three-putt 18? You know, (laughs) stuff like that. Yeah, Yeah. I had one – firecracker it was the last day and uh i think i had a lead i can't tell you what year it is i had a lead or i was one stroke out and before i left the house i picked up something in the backyard and right in there is when i had a lot of back problems Mm -hmm. and i bent over and i could not hardly stand up no yeah so i played i got where i could swing a little bit uh 
But it was one of those things I couldn't really turn, couldn't do that. I think I limped in with 76 or so. and With a and, bad back, you limped in with 76. Well, yeah, yeah. something like that. Yeah. I can't. I'm trying to forget that day, to tell you the truth. But um, anyway. We need to take a break. After this break, uh, we're going to pick Billy Claggett's brain on how to play Lions Municipal Golf Course and much, much more. This is the 15th Club on KLBJ Radio, a special 4th of July weekend edition. I'm Ed Clements along with Scotty Sears, our show. Brought to you by Texas Mutual Insurance and by ABC Bank. We'll have more with the six-time winner of the Firecracker, Billy Claggett, on KOBJ right after this. Hi, this is Luke Wilson, and you're listening to The 15th Club with Scotty Sayers and Ed Clements on KLBJ. Welcome back to The 15th Club on KLBJ Radio. It's 4th of July weekend. Firecracker is underway with us, Billy Claggett, six-time winner of the firecracker they've played it 77 times our show proudly brought to you by texas mutual insurance and by abc bank ed clements and scotty sears billy let me ask you first of all what's your low round ever at lions municipal golf course uh competitive round is 64 wow 64 Uh, yeah i was two or three shots out that year and i can't remember what year it was but i did shoot 64 and uh, that's been my lowest competitive round, and that's been my lowest round out there. That's unbelievable, Scotty. What's your what? What is your secret? Because you played Muni a zillion times. Billy's probably played it a zillion times. I know he has. What's the secret to having success at Lions Municipal Golf Course? Well, a lot of it, Ed, is making sure that um, that you've got a good short game. You're going to have you're, you're going to be able to drive the ball a long way, especially in the summertime. Uh, get some good bounces, and then when you're going into the greens, they have some certain slopes. Uh, for example, the third hole, you're going to want to hit it to the right side of the green because it all feeds to the left. And there's a lot of holes like that uh, that you need. You need local knowledge on those greens for sure. And I was playing out there last weekend, and and those greens, even after playing there for 60 years, continue to baffle. Uh, you say everything breaks towards the river, towards the Colorado River, but the, you know if the if the Bermuda grass is growing a little bit different, you get some funny breaks there, and you can miss a putt that you think you hit the perfect putt. Billy, I know you you mm-hmm. you studied that so many times. <laughs> I I think putting is a is a big thing about playing that course. Oh yeah, the I. Definitely agree with you with the short game. I was never a long hitter. I think you could call me average. Uh, But I just tried to manage the course. And my old saying, I like to play the course as as the way the architect designed it. But you tell that to a 19-year-old kid that, that can carry it 300 yards, why not go for the green on number 11? <laughs> yeah. uh, I, you know, I never played golf like that. I hit the ball in the fairways in specific areas that depends on where the pins cut, uh, and hit a wedge on the green. Whereas, uh, you know, Bobby over here blew a three wood on. I, it's just a, it's definitely a different game now. And- Scotty and I had the the pleasure to play Muni with Sergio Garcia about a year ago. And talk about it. He went to the back of the tee box, every tee box, and he would try to drive the green every time. Only guy I've ever seen to hit it over the water on the Hogan hole, number 16. 
on uh, number. Uh, he did bogey it, by the way. He did bogey doing it. that. Yeah. I mean, no, he bogeyed. You know, of the of some of the holes. Ed, Ed, you're right. Sergio thought he would overpower the course, and you can get some tricky rough uh, rough lies in the Bermuda grass. And he didn't necessarily, you know, hit all the par fours with yeah. his drives. He might be pin high, yeah. but stuck over in the Bermuda and chip it up and and make a make a par. But he bogeyed. Number 12, the par 5, and he also bogeyed number 16. Well, I, so. it's, it's my fault on number 16 because Scotty was talking to some one of his fans. Some people came up to talk to Scotty, and Sergio goes, says, what do I do here? And I said, well, get tee it high and let it fly. Go for the green. And Scotty said, what did you tell him that for? Because, <laughs> you know, you got to hit the perfect shot, and he made, made bogey. But you are old enough to remember that – the golf course was rerouted, I guess, 73. It's a different golf course when you were a kid. Uh, so do you do you prefer the old layout? I know when we take over, uh, Muni, when we get it, we want to go back to some of the old. Do you prefer the old lay, layout versus the new layout they have? Oh, yeah. I, I think it was the character of the course was totally, totally changed. And uh, number 12, the par 5, that's the craziest layup I've ever seen. Can you imagine a average lady having to lay up 150 yards away from the hole mm-hmm. and then get then get back over the water? Yeah. I don't think so. It's very difficult. Yeah. yeah that's, but that's just one example, and that's the hole. Uh, ben and I have talked about this. was completely opposite, where you teed off on the green, and you dogleg to the right around those trees, and the green was parked right by that majestic oak. And Ben and I both agree that was the best short par five there was. Because mm. if you wanted to go over, now this is when we had wooden clubs, mind you, you had to have a real good lie to shoot over those trees onto the green, and if you were long enough. But normally you'd have to lay up and wedge onto the uh, onto the green, and that's that's just an example of Muni's uh, course with the new clubs and and golf balls and these kids pressing 250 pounds and all that yeah. good stuff. You know, we got through through playing uh, back in the old days. We'd go to the bar and have a beer. Now, these guys these yeah. guys go work out and hit more balls. So the game's really revolved it's changed and that hole might be if we reverse it there were four holes on what's now the back nine that have been Mm -hmm. absolutely reversed same envelope but reversed the whole billy's talking about uh which would become number 15 again you know could be a par four with today's clubs uh it could be a long four instead of a short five uh, but there's four on the on what's now the back nine and one on the front nine uh, that's been reversed. What now plays is number four uh, that used to play as a downhill par three instead of the uphill mm-hmm. blind shot par mm-hmm. three. But that's all part of what the Muni Conservancy wants to do with the historic renovation of the course. The firecracker uh, is being from 1946. Of course, we missed the COVID year, so this is number 77. Uh, the firecracker being one of the most important tournaments in Texas, there's no way you have a tournament with nine holes. And it's got to be an 18-hole course. It's got to be uh, all 141 acres. 
and uh, we'll draw a line in the sand um, until UT decides to play football on a 50-yard field or basketball half court, uh, we want 18 holes at, at me. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's my speech yeah. about that. I, I love that. Billy, let me ask you. Uh, I play Muni a lot, and the hole that really always, it doesn't confuse me, but I wonder what I should do is number one because I know some big hitters will take it over the trees and try to get on the green. But what do you hit off number one? I will try to hit something about 180, 190 yards while I'll have uh, about a 130-yard sh- shot to the green. How do you play number one at Muni? The same way you just described. Okay. Uh, there is no hitting area. If you were to drive the ball over the trees, the ball's not going to stop. You're going to end up uh, way beyond the fairway in, in some crazy angle. So it's really a, a full shot to hit that one. It's two hundred and about two hundred and twenty-five yards to the mm-hmm. turn, and then a hundred and thirty-yard shot if you hit the middle okay. of the fairway yeah, on okay. number one. That's how you play yeah. that. Number nine, the par four, dog leg left with the beautiful tree on the right. How do you play that? Because I've seen uh, some of my friends and some of my kids say, "Oh man, I'm going for the green, Daddy O," and it can be successful, but it's a risk-reward shot. How do you play number nine? What do you hit off that tee box? I usually hit five wood or something just to get it out there in the clearing, and that's another 180, 190-yard shot. And then you wedge on to the green. Yeah. The green is about the size of two ping-pong tables. <laughs> so, so, you know, going for that green over those trees, uh, just another fool's dream for that to be a uh, something that you can count on. This is the 15th Club on KLBJ Radio. Ed Clements and Scotty Sears with our great friend Billy Claggett, who won the firecracker that's underway right now six times. When we return, we'll talk about some of the players in the firecracker, who Billy likes, who Scotty likes. I've got some of my players I think will win. This is the 15th Club on KLBJ Radio, back right after this. Because there ain't no doubt I love this land. Welcome back, everyone. This is the 15th Club on KLBJ Radio. Ed Clements and Scotty Sears, a very special 4th of July weekend segment. 4th of July is a few days away, but happy 4th of July. Be safe and be happy. And remember, as we celebrate our wonderful country, the United States of America, the best country in the world, I proudly say. And thanks to all the soldiers out there who, uh, you know, who, who, who make our country free. Uh, Billy Clackett our very, is our very special guest on the 15th Club, brought to you by Texas Mutual Insurance and by ABC Bank. Billy won the Firecracker Tournament six times. Uh, he was the organizer of the dinner, uh, Champions Dinner. Uh, he is Mr. Muni. Uh, Scotty and I had the opportunity to play with Billy just a few months ago. Still, You're still great, man. You're above the age of 55, <laughs> barely, but you putt like, you putt like Ben Crenshaw. And you've got that old Arnold Palmer uh, Kushnet putter. It look, it's probably old as you are. And, man, oh, man, are you still putting? Is that still the best part of your game, putting? Well, it better be. You know, <laughs> if you're going to win anything, you better be able to putt. And that's a bullseye, by the way. Bullseye. Yeah. Bullseye yeah. putter. And I've got about 20 of them, and they're all older than me, I think. Yeah, a lot of people use those back in the day. Um, 
A lot of people still using them, and they're, they're very effective. Uh, by the way, we will have uh, on the 15th Club Facebook page, our Instagram page, we will have uh, updates on the firecracker throughout the weekend. We'll have pictures from the Champions Dinner and video from the Champions Dinner. There's also a video that we're going to play uh, early in the evening that nobody's seen that Tom McConnell did, our friend, that has a lot of the past champions. Uh, Billy was out uh, on the first tee with him a few years ago, uh, the likes of Walter Benson, who's no longer with us. Uh, still, uh, he was out there hitting shots at age 100. Yep. How about that? So, uh, so we'll have some special things up on our social media, Ed. So let's make some Great. picks. As you look at this field, Billy, uh, it is a phenomenal field of a bunch of great, mostly young golfers. Some older guys are in the field, but this is a great field of the top Austin golfers and golfers from around the area. I, I, this is up and down the line, a, a beautiful field. Yeah, they, these these kids, I call them kids, uh, they play high school golf. And they're good golfers, come out of high school, they go to college for four years and play. When they get out of school and they're still interested in golf, beware. They may not be on the Corn Ferry or anywhere else, but they still love to play their local tournaments, and that's what we have here. These last uh, 14 or 15 uh, uh, winners, there's no double winners in that group except Michael Cooper. So we have uh, 2004 Brian Noonan down to Scott Kelly, 22-22. 2022, excuse me, uh, are single players, single winners, I should say, and they're hungry for two, and that's who I'm picking. I'm picking any of those guys. I got 14 picks here, (laughs) so I think I can bet some money on 14 of them. And they're all younger guys? Younger guys. There's there's not an old-timer in there. Like I say, Michael won it in 2013 and 2008, and he's the only guy that's playing – that's that's in this. That's uh, older. Michael. Well, he had won yeah. it in two thousand two as well. He's yeah, three times. Three times. Michael so. Michael's the hoss, and uh, there there's just a lot of good shooters in this. The side. thing about Michael Cooper. Michael Cooper was on the Texas Longhorn golf team with Harrison Frazier, and Justin Leonard, and John Paul Abear. And quite frankly, I believe Billy. I think Scotty and I've talked about this. I believe Michael Cooper could have made a whole bunch of money on the PGA Tour, but changed, but selected a different route in his life. Yeah. He is a marvelous player, but he's a he's a great guy. He is a wonderful guy. He was second team All American too, Ed. Yeah. So you know that that's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm going to say that the winner comes from the. Uh, uh, Alex Ellis, Mitchell Griffin, Scott Kelly group. That's at least those are their. Uh, that's their pairing on the first day, Ooh. on Saturday. That's that's three past champions right there. Uh, and of course, Chris Devlin, our friend who had a big role in the Dell match play, uh, number two under Jordan Uplegger. Uh, Chris won the Men's City Championship last year. Yeah, he comes from pretty good lineage. His uh, grandfather is uh, Bruce Devlin, mm-hmm. a multiple winner on the, the PGA Tour, one of the great guys. I, I like Alex Ellis because I know the young man, the lefty, who plays really, really good. Here's my dark horse winner. It's, he's not really a dark horse because he comes from a golfing family. His sister is one of the best golfers at UT. His name is Austin Cotton. And his dad's a friend, Jimbo Cotton, but Austin Cotton knows Muni up and down mm-hmm. the line. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, 
Austin Cotton. I like your pick, Chris Devlin. I like Alex Ellis. Uh, sentimentally, I like Scott Routabush, uh, who'd won before. And, of course, uh, our great friend Michael Cooper uh, just is a wonderful player. Yeah, and uh, Jack Sorsomeno. Mm-hmm. I hope I'm pronouncing his name right, but uh, he's been with us on the show a few times. He is. He seems like he's in the top three of every city event, whether it's a mm-hmm. spring partnership at Muni, the city championship. But Jack is a very, very good player. My dark horse is the 1974 winner, a record holder of 11 straight birdies on a regulation golf course, Mike Allen. Wow. wow. Mike, uh, I talked to him the other day. He, I asked him, how many times have you played in the cracker? He said, well, I just don't know. I think it's 30-plus. Oh, my God. He kind of did a quick take. Well, so. he, he's in a feature group along with Michael Cooper yeah. and Scott Radabush. Is Omar playing? No, he's not. He's a professional. He's a professional because he played with Rory McIlroy a few weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, right. Uh, he'll be there. we got to ask him about that experience. Yeah. The uh, the guys, when Lloyd was running uh, the uh, firecracker, he started pairing past champions together. And that was a neat deal, and the city is doing three of those foursomes this year. So if you want to come out and watch some good golf, pick out one of those uh, past champion uh, foursomes or threesomes, and you'll see a lot of shots over there. The last three holes, 16th, the par 4, the Hogan hole, 17th, the the nifty little par 3, and then 18, the drivable uh, par 4, number 18. What are the keys to playing 16, 17, and 18? you got to hit. On 16, you have to hit a good drive uh, to even have a chance. Uh, 17, you got to get the right club. You may have a south wind. Uh, I tell you what, I played there this last year, and there was a north wind, and I didn't know where in the heck I was. Mm. <laughs> but 17, just a par 3. I'd favor the left side of the green. It kind of drops off to the right. And in 18, that's when I really wish I was 30 yards longer. Yeah. <laughs> These guys are hitting irons through that green. The only thing that saves that hole is a south wind. You cannot get there with a south wind. Uh, it, it's just a different different golf course when, that, uh, when the south wind uh, isn't there. So it's a... It'll be a good challenge. That's three good holes you can get to easy from the clubhouse, and you come right back to the clubhouse. So those are good spectating holes. They are. Well, let's hope there's some wind at all. I don't care what direction it's blowing. Let's yes. just hope there's some wind with these 100-degree yeah. days. By the way, it took 74 in each of the qualifiers. There were two qualifiers to see who gets into the field. Uh, took 74 just to get into the tournament. Mm. Back in the day – you know, you could just sign up and, and yeah. get in, and it would be these six-hour rounds that went from dusk till dawn, <laughs> uh, but or dawn till dusk. And uh, now you do have to qualify, and the rounds are not quite as long and tedious as they used to be oh, back, gosh, no, back in the day. They have improved the, the tournament a whole lot. You, you can play uh, earlier rounds or four hours. I think the championship rounds, when it gets – down to the nitty-gritty or like four and a half and so. so yeah, and these yeah. guys like to play fast, too. Yeah. They like to play fast. Billy, yeah. it's been so much fun. Uh, six-time winner, you are an Austin golf legend, and you're a wonderful person. Uh, congratulations on forming this dinner. It's very, very special. Thank you for being with us on the 15th Club, and I'll see you 
uh, in just a couple of days when the well, I'll see you at the final round. I'll be out there for the final round, too. So. Yeah, that'll be fun, and uh, thanks for having us at the dinner. We're honored to be uh, part of the room with all the champions. So. Well, we certainly yeah. want to thank the Muni Conservancy for sponsoring the dinner. That was very, very kind of them. That's yeah. the 15th club on this Saturday afternoon for Billy Claggett and Scotty Sears. I'm at Clements. See you next week on the 15th club here on News Radio 590 KLBJ. Hey,